Welcome to episode 43 of the Landscape Photography Show. You know, one of my favorite things about doing a podcast, and this one in particular, is building relationships and friendships with the people that come on. And you do that through shared experiences and, and actually learning about the photographer, not just their photography, but about the photographer themselves. And this episode is no different. On this episode, we're talking to Ryan Dyer. And and I do want to say, I'm so thankful for this platform and the safe space that it provides where there's no judgment. There's just honest discussion about experiences and photography. And I want to thank Ryan for being really vulnerable and really honest throughout this entire episode. No matter what topic we were discussing, he was completely open and honest about who he is, what his experiences are, and also his viewpoints on photography and his style in general. So I want to thank Ryan for doing that. You guys are really going to enjoy the episode, so let's get to it. The Landscape Photography Show is a podcast where you can listen to your favorite photographers talk about their journey in photography. It's a place where you can be inspired and also learn how to take better photos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys? We're here with Ryan Dyer. And and Ryan and I were just actually talking before I hit the record button of when the last time we actually spoke was. And, and I think we landed on maybe five to six years of, of information that we needed to catch up on. But, but Ryan, just to give you a short introduction, and these are your words, I kind of wanted to read off of your site if you don't know who Ryan Dyer is, in his I own words, I'm a chubby man-child from Seattle, Washington area who points cameras at stuff. That's basically it. Yeah. That's it. it. it that's as impressive as my resume gets right there. Yeah. So if I had you in for a job interview, like what would your resume look like? Oh, man. I don't know. I haven't had a resume in general in so long. <laughs> not that when I was like not doing photography full time, not that I like ever really had that great of a resume. Then, what was your so, first job? <clears throat> um, my very first job, I was a delivery driver for a Chinese food restaurant. Yes, it was That's awesome. It was an interesting job. Um, the tips were good. And I worked with a bunch of my friends, but yeah, it was very strange place to work. Okay. Was it authentic or was it like Americanized? It was Americanized, like yeah. little hole in the wall, piece of crap place. Um, <laughs> it, it was only pickup or delivery. You couldn't eat inside. How we, you know, passed health in- inspections. I don't know. I kind of heard that there was some, you know, payoffs going on and, and there was, you know, one time a guy called, I picked up the phone, hello, such and such restaurant, uh, can I help you? And this guy goes, um, hey, I just wanted to let you guys know, I just got an order from you. And I said, um, oh, okay, let me look up your details. He said, I live here and here. And I was like, oh, I just delivered you that, that order. Did I screw something up? 
He goes, I just want to let you know that I found a tooth in, in my daughter's egg roll. No. And I go, holy crap, holy crap. Um, yeah, hold on. Let me get my manager. Put him on hold. Get my manager. The manager goes over, gets on the phone, and is like, sorry. Oh, my God. We're so sorry. We will uh, we'll give you free food forever. The guy's like, I don't want free food. I just want to let you know so that it doesn't happen again. I'll never eat at your restaurant. And he hangs up the phone. And he goes back in the, into the kitchen and starts going off on the cooks. And this one cook just had this big smile with a tooth missing oh, out of no. his face. He was the guy who did the A-rolls earlier that day. It was a weird place. That is intense. Man. Yeah. That's terrifying. I, I order from a Chinese place just like that, just right down the road. And, and now it's so I'm terrified. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it is so good. It's so good. But yeah, that the place I worked at was shady. <laughs> That's hilarious. When I was in college, okay, we we will get to photography to anyone listening. When I was in college, so my roommate, he, he went, he was the strangest dude ever. He went like a week straight without seeing the sunlight because he would sleep all day, stay up all night playing Mario Kart or something, you know, whatever you do in college. Oh yeah. And, um, he went to McDonald's, I think it was like near midnight and went through just, you know, the dollar menu, fast food, opened up his burger and started eating it and had broken glass in it. Um, okay. Yeah. That's, that's like intentional. That's intentional right. evil, I think. Yeah. Yes. So he goes back, he takes it back and complains to them and they go, we are so sorry. We'll give you two more burgers. And he took it. He took the deal. I would go, what the hell are they going to do to these burgers? Exactly. Exactly. Whatever whatever they do, they're not going to make it so I can find it this time. Exactly. Exactly. It it was intense. College was a strange time. Yeah. Well, college now starts to feel like we're doing it again in the pandemic. Mm. Like the, the amount of time I'm sitting inside my house playing mario kart or whatever is just it's weird i'm like oh well i'm regressing as an adult Jeez. <laughs> truly truly yeah. well why don't you take us all the way back i know you've told this story a thousand times some might not know <clears throat> you though why don't you share you know your first camera that that exploration that you did and, and how you got started in this yeah the first camera i got as a gift was a canon 40d mm-hmm. and i got it and i just took it snowboarding with me and stuff like that and you start taking photos and and then you end up like taking one photo that you think is like better than all the other crap you were taking you go oh wait there's actually like some some fun factor here not not just pointing and shooting and so you then then you want to learn so then you get online and find like Flickr. that was the first place i found where I looked at other photography and met other photographers and saw that like people were taking this seriously. And this is like an actual hobby people were into. And uh, that was back in 2007, 2008 around that time. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it snowballs it. Like anybody who's listening to this, they've had that snowball effect of picking up a camera, just shooting to shoot, whatever. And then, you either realize, whoa, I can get a little bit better at this, or 
whoa, I suck and I want to get better at this. And so then you start doing research and then time and money and time and a lot of money. And, you know, there you are 10 years later going, oh, well, this is my career now. What the hell happened? (laughs) Are you like that with a lot of stuff, though? Like you just pull in information? No, no. Like I'm I'm so the opposite that I, I don't give a crap about most things. Uh, I'm I'm not the type who like finds some new interest and then I'm just deep diving. I'm throwing myself into it. Um, photography is the only thing I've been that way about. Maybe drumming a little bit when I was younger, but never to the extent that you know photography has has been this way. What made it different? It's a good excuse to get outdoors travel and see new things and it's something exciting to learn because you can you know mostly learn on your own you know you can invest here and there in resources but it's something you can do on your own for not that much money and see your area see your side of the country see your country see other countries you know it just it's something that gives you purpose to, to explore. It's a creative outlet and it's something that you'll never totally reach a peak at the arts that way in general, like you'll never get as good as you're going to be. You know, there's always room for growth for until you die, you'll, you could be getting better as an artist. And so I think chasing that is what keeps me in it. Because there's always something new to learn or new ways to do things. Or I mean, even though, let's face it, I've been shooting the same stupid photos since 2010. But, well, you know, there's there's always something new to, to do or new place to see, you know. It just, there's there's no, there's no mountaintop, you know. It, it's a constant climb until either you are done with photography or you die or, I don't know, cell phone cameras become you know, the new normal and DSLRs are out the window. I'll I'll give up at that point. Are they they not the new normal? And I got to admit the, the wide angle function on my new um, iPhone 11 pro max. I've been using that so much in the field, Mm -hmm. like going out shooting and, and going, Oh, I could kind of like test compositions with this thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, I, I, I embrace, the change but i'm increasingly becoming that old man who just wants to stay set in my ways so so do you feel like your images are redundant you kind of alluded to that um i i think yeah a little bit but that doesn't mean i don't like making them mm-hmm. you know i i will always make whatever type of photos i want to make and yeah i i you know i play around with different looks and you know different types of compositions and things like that for you know here and there but i don't see myself getting away from like that grand landscape type of scene anytime soon just because that's what i like to make you know i i don't see it as i'm making some artistic decision to you know to stay doing this because you know it's it's my my benchmark for who i am as an artist I just like making those types of photos. So, you know, I, I, I explored different types of shooting here and there, but 
I just love shooting grand landscapes, you know, so. Does it make it difficult, you know, feeling that way, like picking yourself out of bed at sunrise and going out and shooting these places? Does it make it difficult knowing that you've shot that before? No, no, because I, I still have fun doing it. it hmm. You know, I, 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 there's a lot of people out there who strive to constantly change and, and all that. I mean, you can look at my waistline and tell me I'm a guy who like strives to change all the time. I'm not. <laughs> I like burgers. Um, no, it's just, I, the more I keep doing photography, the more I've done it as a career, the more I go, I have to do it in a way that makes me happy. And I'm happy creating, you know, grand landscape scenes. I, I dabble here and there with, you know, kind of the intimate type of stuff and, and the, the weirder stuff um, as much, much as I don't like to call them abstracts, you know, but that's, that's kind of like the, the verbiage being used lately, but, you know, I play around with that type of stuff and have fun doing it, but I, I love doing grand landscapes. It's it just, it's fun for me. And the way to keep photography fun for me is to, you know, focus on what I like doing. Otherwise, if I'm constantly trying to change in the way other people are changing and keep up with like a certain trend, I'm going to hate photography. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I went through a few years of just not really enjoying photography because I felt so much pressure about it now that oh, this is how I pay for my house and this is how I pay for my car. This is how I, you know, feed my kid. It's it, all that pressure can make you go, oh, I gotta, I gotta be this way. I, I gotta change. I gotta keep up. And that, that got unhealthy for me. So I'm really just focused on shooting the way I want to shoot, doing the stuff I want to do, you know, not, not even really paying attention to the photography scene so much just because, you know, it just, it all becomes too much. My, my whole world re- starts to revolve around, a dumb camera and I just, I can't take that. So I'm trying to get back to like the 2010 days where I was just going out, having fun, creating whatever the hell type of images I wanted to create with good people, my, my good friends, my wife, you know, trying to kick it old school, you know? I hear you. Yeah. You mentioned on your site, you know, when you first started out, it, it helped you find yourself. How did it help you do that? Um, I've only talked about this once before publicly, um, but I was addicted to heroin for about two years up until 2007, 2007, I got clean. Um, and I started to just get outside by myself as a way to, um, just kind of be alone, be with my thoughts recover, you know, gain more mental health. And, uh, you know, then I started bringing a camera on these little weekend road trips I'd go on just all alone. And, uh, you know, say, bring it on, on little hikes, you know, bring it snowboarding when I go snowboard. And, uh, yeah, I, I think part of what got me so into it was here I was this addict who all of a sudden had this void in him because of, you know, getting rid of drugs, which is a huge part of my life. As much as like, I wasn't homeless, I wasn't destitute, you know, but I had this, this addiction 
And that left a void in my life of something big going on that you focus on every day. And once I picked up a camera and kind of got into it a little bit, that addictive side of me goes, oh, this is my new thing. So I just threw every, you know, everything I had at it. And uh, yeah, so it it was, you know, it, it became my new addiction, but it was super healthy and it got me out. It got me meeting new people. You know, when, when I got clean, I pretty much kind of wiped the slate clean of my social circle, you know? And uh, so it was, it was this new thing I could be addicted to that's healthy. And I meet new people, you know, new good people who are healthy, you know, healthy to have in my life, you know, like miles and eventually my wife. Um, So yeah, I I, I kind of, it, it gave me a lot of healing. That sounds so lame, but it it gave me a lot of healing, you know? No, it doesn't sound lame at all, man. And it's even, when I hear you talk about it, you use the word, you know, photography is your new addiction, but that's such a paradox to me because it freed you from so much pain that you went through before. Yeah, it, it, it did. It, I don't, I don't know what my life would look like if I hadn't picked up a camera and I, I don't say that as like, Oh, you know, maybe I'd be, you know, maybe I'd be an accountant or something like I, I literally don't know what I would be doing right now if I hadn't picked up a camera. And it it sounds like, you know, some lame artistic thing to say, but it's like, it's totally true. And uh, yeah, I'm just freaking glad it worked out this way. I mean, are you ever going to put the camera down? I don't see it happening. I've I've talked about it a a few times here and there. Um, when, When my buddy, Miles, Miles Morgan, incredible photographer, better shooter than I am. Um, when he was sick a couple of years ago, he had cancer and things were looking pretty rough. I, I would sit and think, you know, if, if he dies, I don't know that I'd have fun going out shooting or if my wife died, you know, she and I do so much shooting together. I don't know that I could find joy going out shooting without doing it with my wife or doing it with, you know, my best friend, I mean, Miles and I've been shooting together for, you know, 11 years now, like a lot mm-hmm. and, and been to some crazy places and, and, you know, he's become, you know, my, my best friend in the world. And he's just so happens to also be a photographer. And so we've, we pretty much learned photography together, you know, and, and my wife, I, I mean, if, if something happened to either two of those people, I, I think I'd find it hard to find joy in shooting. I, now, would I stop? I don't know, but I, I think there'd be there'd be some time away from from shooting for a while. I think. Well, let me ask you this: You know, you said when when you first picked up the camera, you would go out alone. Where where did the shift happen when you started going out as a social activity with other people? Um, right, kind of right after I got on Flickr and started meeting people. And, you know, I used to go out a lot and I loved going out a lot and I still do. I mean, still shooting by myself is something I I have fun doing, but you know, in, in the beginning it was, it was not out of choice that I was just going and shooting alone. It was, I literally didn't know anybody anymore. And so the, the friends I made were through Flickr, you know, through photography. 
and so then it was it was nice to have a friend again and, and a friend who was healthy to have in my life and you know I, I met miles through Flickr way back in the day it, it, I mean it's weird because on paper miles and I should have never met never become friends you know I I was you know this newly sober kid you know who as miles says looked like I, I came off of a I, I walked straight off the X Games or something. I had long hair and I was, you know, this grung, <laughs> grungy, dumb kid who just got clean. And uh, Miles was this very well-to-do, you know, really put together airline pilot, very successful. And, you know, they, there should have been no way that our paths crossed. And same with my wife. You know, I met my wife through photography. We had a mutual photography friend. And, uh, you know, it's it's cool the way it's given me you know, access to certain people. It, it, David Thompson, another one, loved the guy to death. One of my favorite photographers, also one of my favorite favorite friends. Um, you know, the, all these people who I, I should have never met in my life, I, I met them. And so it's nice to, to shoot with those people. You know, it's, it's nice to be alone. And I still enjoy being alone. And I don't get to go shoot alone often enough. But um, you know, it, it's still something important to do, I think, to just reconnect on your own out there. You know, it's good for your mental health. You know, you're you're sharing these names and these people and, and how you met them. And, and it reminds me of, of a conversation I had with somebody saying that the community of landscape photographers, nature photographers is, is so tight knit and they're so like, they're not scary people. Like I say, it's the one hobby that you can meet someone online and and not have to worry that they're going to like kill you the first time you go out camping in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Photographers in general seem, I mean, let's be honest. It's a pretty nerdy hobby, you know, it's, it's a nerdy thing. And so, yeah, you can feel comfortable meeting people. Now you get, too involved and things become incestuous and weird and there's there's you know little you know clicks and communities that, that yeah. bicker with each other but for the most part you know you you meet somebody you you like them you click you go shoot with them you you know you go on a photography trip with somebody you just met say you you know you you just met you're going on on a weekend road trip together mm-hmm. you know in those three days you're going to learn a lot about the person because you're spending a ton of time together, you know, and so you, it kind of fast tracks your friendship. Is Flickr still a place you go to post? I still post there. Yeah. Maybe once a week, just, just because, you know, why not, you know, throw stuff up there, but it's, it's not the same as it used to be where, you know, there's this community of people I interact with over there. Um, it just, I think that platform is not, is not not that it's not designed for that, but it, that just doesn't happen over there anymore. So, how'd you meet I, your wife? Um, a mutual friend uh, I knew, another photographer, Marianne. Um, she knew Candace, and Marianne would comment on some like photos I'd post on on Facebook when I was back when I was using Facebook, and. Candace would see him and then Candace would start, um, Candace would comment on it. And then Candace asked her friend about me. And then I asked our friend about her. And then, so 
it was kind of this weird, we had a mutual Facebook friend slash real life friend. And then we just kind of, yeah, we, we met. It was, uh, 2012. We got married in 2000. Oh, she's going to kill me. 2015. (laughs) You're talking to her soon, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a couple days. What should I ask her? Um, you should ask her about the argument we had when I first decided to start doing this for a living. Okay. That's a, that's a good story. Yeah. Okay. I'll save it for her episode then. Yeah. Yeah. We had a big blowout fight and, (laughs) and, you know, Cliff's notes, she's the reason I tried to start doing this for a living. So. Right. Right. What's it like going out to shoot with her? Um, it's good. I mean, she, it's, it's very different from like when I go shoot with miles, when I go shoot with miles, we're just five-year-olds who complain and whine and moan and have a great time doing it. Candace is way more positive and just there, there just to be in nature. And, and so the, the two of them serve different purposes for me. Candace is the one who reminds me, yeah, just slow down. We're on a trip. It doesn't matter what the light's doing. It doesn't matter what shots we get. You know, we're just out here enjoying time together. And so she nourishes that in me. And then Miles nourishes the, the, why am I doing this? Photography sucks. This trip sucks. I'm blowing money and I'm getting rained on and I've got no photos. And so I kind of get to experience nature in two different ways between the two of them. So Candace is very important to have to, to keep me a little bit grounded and just, you know, enjoy the experience and quit focusing so much on the, on the photo. How does she make you a better photographer? In, In that way that she wants me to slow down, you know, just, just enjoy being out there. And if a photo comes, a photo comes, try not to force it. Um, you know, she, she's a lot more mellow in that regard, which I, I tend to not be, I tend to be gung ho. This is going to be boot camp for a weekend. We're just going to go get shots. And so she, she reminds me to just slow the hell down. Just enjoy being out here, bud. It's, it's no big deal. And she'll talk to me like that. Just, just slow down. Just, you know, everything's fine. (laughs) Well, does photography still help you find yourself? I mean, it was such an integral part of your story when you started and, and got clean. Like, what is it doing for you now? Aside from giving me my income, which sure helps. Um, it's, it's still doing that. You know, I'm, I'm still able to go out and experience nature and, you know, experience being creative and, and, and get away, you know, I I still do deal with several mental health issues. But, you know, getting out and just being alone or, or with somebody else, but namely alone in nature, it's, it's therapeutic. It helps me clear my mind. It helps ease anxieties, you know, th- that I have. And so it's still super healthy for, you know, for, for my head, I guess. Is it still 
does it still feel healthy? I mean, and this is more of a personal question for me because this is one thing I struggle with. Is mm-hmm. it still healthy to get out there in nature when it does frustrate you that, you know, the light dies or the clouds fade and, you know, just just things don't come together? It, it does. And, and then that's more on the, on the miles side of, of shooting. If I'm shooting with miles, he and mm-hmm. I, and he and I are going out tomorrow to go shoot. We're going to social distance together. Um, you know, I guarantee it, it's supposed to rain this weekend. And it, the weather's not looking promising for, for shooting. So he and I are going to go out for the next three days, moan, complain, you know, question why, the, why the hell are we doing this? I mean, we, how much money did we spend to go on this trip and come back with nothing? But then after, you know, the trip's done and we both get home, we always text each other to, to you know, let one another know we got home safe. We we sit down and we go, dude, best trip ever. Loved it. It was, it was so <laughs> much fun. You know, it, it, despite going out there and not getting the photography done, it's still going out and having a, a healthy hobby that doesn't harm you or anybody else with a good friend. And, and that's always good, you know, for, for your mental health. Where are y'all going? uh, We're going to Olympic national park. Okay. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, but, but that also, it doesn't have to mean when you go out with somebody, I think you go out as photographers, we start to expect, you know, to, to get a photo if that's the reason we're going out. But, you know, a, a lot of my most memorable trips were ones where I went out and I didn't meet my expectations f- photographically, but I look back on them and I go, man, that was a hell of a time. That was so much fun. You know, so it's easy in the moment to to be pissed off at the light or whatever. But, you know, I tend to always look back on and go, oh, I remember that trip. Man, that was so much fun. I had that. I wish I could go back and do that again. You know, th- th- there was one time I went to Glacier National Park for a month. I think I came back with two photos. And, but but I look back on that trip as pissed off as I was, you know, th- during a lot of the shooting, I still had a great time being out there, you know, seeing new places and, and you know, finding new compositions that I could maybe go back to at another time and shoot. Um, yeah, so it's in the moment, it's easy to get caught up in being pissed off, but, but you look back on it and, You go, man, good times, good times. Hey guys, I just want to pause real quick and tell you about a really special opportunity that's going on right now for a limited time. If you go to davidjohnstonart.com and click on the learn tab, every single course on that page is going to be 33% off for a limited time if you use the code david33 during checkout. Again, that's any of the courses that are on my website and also on visualwilderness.com are going to be 33 percent off for a limited time if you jump over there and you want to learn about panorama photography you want to learn about how to post process in lightroom and photoshop there are multiple opportunities for you to raise your game as a photographer and right now for a limited time those are all 33 percent off if you use the code david33 during checkout again that's davidjohnstonart.com and click on the learn tab What's it like for you? I mean, you mentioned 
places like Olympic National Park. And I've always wondered this from people living in like the Pacific Northwest. What's it like living in such a photographic rich state? I think the fact that it's such a a photographically rich region, you know, Oregon, Washington. um, I think that is why there's so many photographers out here. Because mm-hmm. it just kind of breeds it, you know. You, you live around beautiful things. You, you'll want to take pictures of the beautiful things. Um, but it's it's great, and you can start to take it for granted sometimes. You know, when I was still living in Portland, you know, I was forty five minutes away from the Columbia River Gorge, and I was always like, okay, where am I going to go shoot? And I'd always skip over the gorge because you know it's forty five minutes away. I can go do that whenever. Uh, let's use my time more wisely. And now that I live in Seattle, I'm like, ah, oh, man, I wish I could just hop on over the gorge, you know, in 45 minutes and, and go shooting. But, um, I mean, it really, it's great. You can, within a half a day's drive, you can be in basically any type of environment you want to. You can be in a rainforest. You can be on the beach. You could be at the mountains. You could be in, you know, open grasslands and meadows f- filled with flowers. You can be on a dry lake bed that, that looks like death valley you know you i mean you can do it all you can be in a, a lush jungle full of waterfalls it's all right here so it's it's really nice and uh and i i do know i take it for granted sometimes but it's it's awesome and that's why there's so many photographers coming out of the northwest is there anywhere else though with that much diversity not that i know of i, I mean in in this small of a region, I don't know that there is. I mean, mm. some parts of California. Um, yeah, that's such a big state, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some parts of Northern California, maybe you could get to Death Valley in a a long day's drive, but then also drive past Shasta and maybe go out to the coast. But the Northwest, I, I don't. I'd be hard pressed to find any other place as geographically diverse as the Northwest in the world. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I always ask people sometimes either, or either whether, when we're recording or after we get done, you know, who are some of the photographers who, uh, kind of gave you a pathway to your style or, or you look up to, you know, your name comes up a lot. What, what does it mean to you? knowing that so many photographers look up to you and what you've done photographically. It's really unreal because a a blink of an eye ago, I was somebody who was looking up to like Mark Adamus and I looked, I really looked up to Chip Phillips and, and uh, Michael Anderson and um, you know, Marcel Van Oosten. I, I looked up to those guys and, and, uh, it feels just, you know, like six months ago that I was, you know, this fledgling shooter. And now, you know, a handful of people look up to me is it's incredibly flattering. Um, it's not at all humbling because I, I'm, I'm going to take that and feed it to my ego. Now, um, it's it's really cool. It's really weird. Um, but I get to talk to a ton of people. I, I get reached out to a lot. And I try to answer every single DM, you know, um, I, I, you know, I just enjoy talking to people and helping people because there's, there's a lot of photographers out there who, when I was getting started, 
if you reached out to them, they'd ignore you. Um, and so it's, it's nice to be in that position. And look, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a nerdy photographer. Let's not kid ourselves into thinking, oh, we inspire all these people. And it, I'm not Johnny Depp, dude. I'm, I'm a guy with a camera. <laughs> so I, I'm a nerd. Um, so it's, it's nice, but at the same time, it, you know. All right. Let's go rapid fire here. I got some questions for you. I, right. I did some digging on you. I went all the way back to 2014 with this man. We went, we, I mean, I dug up Google articles like I've never oh, done no. before. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> here we go. Why are you such a cat person? Because they're freaking cuddly and, and low maintenance and, and, and I, I got my cat laying right here next to me. He's fat and old, <laughs> but he just, when he wants love, he gives you love. And, and otherwise he's just, you know, I'll leave you alone. I'm, you know, dogs are high maintenance in Candace and I want a dog at some point, but you know, when, when we're a little bit older, we've got some land, we, we've got our, our dream cabin that we're going to have, but um, yeah, they're, they're low maintenance and they're adorable. Why are all photographers seemingly, I'll say 90% of photographers are cat people. Is that accurate? I would, I don't know. I've not, I've not looked at any of the the research papers, but I, I, (laughs) you're not up on, on photographers, cat or dog preferences. No, it's, you know, I've, I've flipped past that in, in the, in the, you know, research journals. Um, (laughs) One, you can have a cat and like leave it home for like five days and go shoot. You give it enough food and water, and the, the thing's going to be fine. So I, I think that helps. Yeah. I, I don't know. Okay, here we go. I'm not a cat person because the okay, year... Okay, interview over. Okay. Yes, interview is done. I'm not a cat person because the year was 2003, I believe. I was in Florida, and I touched a stray cat who was asleep. First mistake, I know. Um, and it like jumped up and attached to my arm and I like freaked out. I was just, a li- I'm not that old. I was just a little kid yeah. at that time, really. Um, and I've, I've hated cats ever since. Okay. Now let me tell it, tell it to you this way. Okay. And since the time that's happened, a child has been born. It has been through its toddler phase. It's also went to preschool. It's gone to elementary school, middle school, and is just about to graduate high school, you know, but the pandemic hits. In that amount of time, you've not had any positive experience with a cat since. Maybe I won't let myself. Maybe I need to like see a counselor you're, about this. You're walled off, man. You're walled off. You got to let the cuddles <laughs> in. Let them in. Oh, man. Where is this gone? Where is this interview gone? Off the rails. Like I said before we started, just steer this train, man. Steer this train. <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years with photography? Um, hopefully getting better, refining, mm-hmm. um, coming up with new ways of doing things. I'm always tinkering with Photoshop and coming up with new ways to do things that that uh, I don't think other people have figured out. Um, hopefully, you know, the sky stops falling by then and I've 
seeing a lot more of the world. There's, you know, there's, there's things high on my bucket list that I hope to, you know, to travel to within the next five years. So hopefully just more photography, more fun, more good memories. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not putting a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah, that's good. I mean, and based on your style, I've talked with other people who have similar style as you. Um, They tend to get a lot of pushback for the creative side. Is there, is there room? Let me ask it this way. Is the public seeing both sides of photography? And when I say both sides, realism and more creative photography. Um, I think, I think where everything is going at the moment, if, I mean, you scroll anywhere on the internet, things are more and more manipulated. I think that's the trend. Everything's going in for better or worse, you know, with, with, you know, um, body image things and, and, and people altering their photos to, you know, make themselves look a certain way on Instagram you know, trying to chase a, a career, you know, being an influencer, uh, photography, you know, all sorts of stuff. I mean, I've got buddies who are automotive photographers and the amount of like creative post work that, that they do uh-huh. is mind boggling. Um, you know, so a- everything's trending that way. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I feel okay riding that trend to an extent to where I'm not representing a, a place that couldn't be traveled to and seen, you know, I, I I'm okay, you know, f- photoshopping stuff to, to, to give my impression of a place I went, you know, the, the way it made me feel, I hate this conversation. It, it's just, it's so hard not to sound like a douchebag when, when I'm saying this stuff, but um, you know, I, I like to give my interpretation of the place kind of, kind of a, I wouldn't say like a caricature of a place, because it's not that extreme, but you know, my, my impression of a place. Um, and so, you know, that, that involves, you know, Photoshop and, and more Photoshop than some people appreciate. And that's fine. I, I think there's room for everybody here, but I think, I think a lot of people would be naive to think that we're not trending that way. You know, and, and, you know, maybe we trend that way and then maybe we, we, you know, steer it back some, you know, everything tends to go one way and then we overcorrect it the other way. You know, it, it's not like a, a smooth line for progress. It tends to go askew one way, then overcorrect way askew the other way. So, you know, I, I think it'll probably always be the same argument. I mean, that argument's been going on for, you know. 400 years you know it dates back to to painters yeah i think i think michelangelo actually wrote about it yeah yeah i I, I say yeah like i i know what you wrote about but you know (laughs) yeah yeah, as in yeah i i've read somewhere uh, i i googled i googled it to make sure i could say it but yeah painters (laughs) had this argument that way i can just shove it in in the face of somebody who calls me out for using too much photoshop is there room I, in the middle to have that honest conversation about artistic expression though? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I am personally 
tired of discussing it after a decade, but sure. If, if people want to discuss it, go for it. Um, but the, the thing that I'm learning more and more, especially this year, Jesus Christ, you, you, you will never, no, I won't say never, but you'll almost never change anybody's opinion. Mm-hmm. People get so dug into their opinions that logic and reason or, or a different perspective on things is not allowed. You, 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 that's your perspective. That's your opinion. I am so dug into my beliefs and to my experience that I will never change because of you. And so th- that's why I get tired of having the argument is because I, it's the same way with politics. It's the same way with, with all the, all the, you know, protesting going on now is nobody, nobody wants to hear it. They, they everybody wants to, you know, just give their opinion. Nobody wants to hear the opposing side and, and listen. Um, and so it's, it's something I try not to do anymore. I, I don't want to try to convince people, you know, that I'm okay doing, you know, doing this, uh, you, you is, know, you, you good. I was just going to say, is that pessimism or is that experience? Um, with the Photoshop argument, I, I think it's experience, but with, you know, the protests and, you know, everything going on politically, I, I think it's, I'm starting to get pretty pessimistic, you know? Mm. So, but mm-hmm. th- th- I mean, that's me. I mean, my poor wife, the, the, the human she has to deal with in this house is just unbearable to be around. So. And y'all have one child. Yeah. Boy or girl. Girl. Name. Bella. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird, you know, it's weird, it's weird being a dad, but it, it, and I'm a stepdad. So it's, you know, I, I'm a stepdad and that doesn't make you any less of a dad though. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, I mean, th- she, she writes me these wonderful, you know, letters on father's day about, you know, how, you know, I'm, I, I'm just as much her dad, you know, and, and all this and, and it makes me cry, but it's the teenage thing is weird. It's really strange. I'm, I'm teaching her how to drive at the moment. It freaks me out. Wow. And yeah. It's dude. I feel like I'm uh, like, I'm a 15 year old and I go, Same. I have, I have no, I have no idea how I'm deemed responsible enough to teach this other 15 year old how to cruise down the highway and not destroy lives every turn she takes and so it's it's just weird i'm just trying to keep myself together every day yeah you know it's it's weird i'm starting to realize that i'm not the only person who as an adult is going i don't know how to do this i don't know what i'm doing i I thought i'd have everything figured out by now you know this isn't what i thought adulthood would be like I'm, i'm not prepared for this and i'm slowly learning like that's kind of a lot of being an an adult is like you're, you're playing like, yeah, I'm an adult and I've got this figured out. But inside you're going, how the hell did I get here? What's going on? Like, it's like you, you woke up from like this, this 20 year coma and you're like, Whoa, here I am. This is it. Big leagues. What am I doing? You know, I don't know if you feel that way, but I do a hundred percent. And it's, 
it's so timely. Like my wife is now at 33 weeks of her pregnancy. Oh, congrats, so this, man. Thank you. It, it's yeah. coming soon. Um, so actually just like listening to you talking about like teaching your daughter how to drive, like anxiety just skyrockets, you know, because yeah. because I'm a terrible driver. I'll admit it. At the same time, though, I've never done anything more rewarding than helping to raise a kid. You know, it's it's terrifying. And I just prayed I don't do too much damage before she, you know, goes off to college and starts her own life. But it's it's super rewarding. You know, the the, the random hugs, you know, the, the notes on Father's Day, you know, stuff like that is just it gets you. So it, it makes it all worth it. You're, is it diff- you're, you're gonna have a blast man is it difficult for you to go out and shoot uh and being away from home it is yeah i get super homesick i'm extremely codependent but i'm like the most distant codependent guy to ever live like when i'm home i'm distant uh you know kind of stay in my home office all day working and then my home office is also slash my man cave and so then i play video games in the evenings so i'm like distant but then I'm away from home and I go, oh, I just want a hug for my wife and my kid. And I just get homesick. I'm like, oh, 17 days in Namibia without my, without my girls it sucks. But then I get home and I'm like, oh, great to be home for a day. And then I'm distant again. It's weird. I don't know. I'm a bad husband. If we're learning <laughs> anything, it's just that, you know, she shouldn't have married me. Well, I mean, it takes us full circle, really. I mean, yeah. man, child, just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still just that 15 year old locked in his bedroom playing Mario Kart. (laughs) Well, he's Ryan Dyer. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us, man. Dude. Awesome conversation. Really, really, really appreciate being on.